We have a question from Quarant Ethan at Ethan is a fungi. What's the smallest bug? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. That's one I knew the answer to. It's a fairy bug. Yes. Uh, it's a little fairy. Um, the fairy wa- fairy fly, uh, although it's not really a fly, it's a wasp. Um, and I, I have personal experience with these and some comparably small insects. So I worked on the salt marshes, the Atlantic coast salt marshes of the East Coast. And one of the major insects, most abundant insects there is something called a plant hopper. Um, and the ones that I specifically worked on were about the size of a grain of rice as an adult plant hopper. They're, they're quite small. And there were specialist parasitoids of a variety of types. Um, and a parasitoid is a parasite that as part of its life cycle will kill its host, um, as opposed to just making it sick or, or causing some ill effects. It, the parasitoid kills it. Anyway, um, the parasitoid wasps so imagine how an, a, a bug the size of a grain of rice, how small its eggs must be, um, and then imagine Ooh. this wasp, the fairy fly, which is so small that the adult wasp can emerge from one of this plant hopper's eggs. So I, oh my gosh. I believe, and it comes out its wings and everything. It's a, it's a proper wasp, but really to the level where you, you could only clearly see it under a microscope i believe that it is about a third of a millimeter long oh whoa that's like a dime (laughs) Mm. (laughs) it's like a letter on the time really um uh, i think probably smaller like in a normal printed book i feel like a period might be half a millimeter so this thing would be smaller, like its entire body would fit. Excellent. Excellent and frame of I mean, reference. It is, it is stupid that the 10 cent piece is smaller than the 5 cent piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you we know, talk about that for a bit? Yeah, because <laughs> that was the reason I brought it up. It's been bothering me for a while. We and I'm sorry to take over the podcast and talk about it, but it just doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, we need sense. to reform the, the minting system. And uh, speaking of dimes, I'm married to one. Aww. Aww. Eisenhower? Wow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like Ike. Um, um, how did Eisenhower get on the dime? Can I ask a question? Yes, Taylor. Uh, Rogue Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, hold, on, hold on. We're still talking about the... I'm sorry. Oh, just the last thing I wanted to say about it. So it's ex- extremely small. There, there are a few other things kind of in that, in that size range, but I believe that that is considered to be the smallest insect um, by a lot of people. Um, it's so small that it it has wings and it can technically sort of fly, but really it's much more like uh, if you've ever heard of the thing that spiders do, where they do ballooning, where they basically just let out a strand of silk, and the surface area of the silk catches any type of breeze and just lofts lofts the spider into the air. So the fairy flies wings. Oh. It, it doesn't really have much. It, it doesn't web. propel by flapping its wings. It uses its wings kind of just as a like a kite it just catches every breeze it's its wings are just like a little paddle with a fringe and it and it just drifts um so they're not really good at like controlled flight um but they can travel through the air by by just sort of catching every little breeze and it'll lift them there's ballooning in charlotte's web taylor yeah 
In the end of Charlotte's Web, <laughs> she has a bunch of babies. She has a bunch of babies and dies. Yeah, yeah, dies. Spoiler for Charlotte's Web. We should warn. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, so in the end, she's like, okay, I'm I'm going to die now. And then everyone's really sad because she's literally dead. I don't know why she had to die to make her babies. I don't know what kind of f-ing spider she is. Well, maybe the bug yeah, Mark, please. Yeah. yeah, what kind of spider is Charlotte that she has to die? And then all of her babies come out and everyone's like, oh, yes, we have all these Charlottes. They're all here. And then they're like, See ya! And they all <laughs> balloon away! It's like the saddest thing. Except I think one stays. So there's like a new Charlotte. At the another end. another baby? Has yeah, one of the, one at like a singular baby. And I think that's that's so similar to how to the ideal human experience in losing a friend. <laughs> oh, oh we, but at least we have their newborn child. They're just as good. <laughs> Worked for Jacob and Twilight. Just off the top of my head, I'm going to say yeah. that um, the spider Aranius uh, cavaticus, uh, otherwise known as the barn spider, is what type of spider Charlotte was. And in the book, her full name oh, wow. was uh, said to be Charlotte A. cavatica, which is a reference to the species name of that spider. So, Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we do. Can all barn spiders talk? <laughs> Do they like pigs? Or is it just the one? The Wikipedia page for that species (laughs) does not say if they all talk, and it does not say if they die instantly after reproducing. Uh, So (laughs) I'm not sure how... Very melancholy teaching children about death. Well, they could also form uh, the English language in in their web. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. They speak English. They have very large butts. That's hilarious. That's private. That's private. <laughs> yeah, that's private for the spider species. Don't yeah. draw attention to it. Is that Phil? Okay, can I ask my real well, question? Real quick, now? I wanted to know is is the big butt because it's filled with thread, Mark? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bigger the spider's butt is, the more thread is inside. Okay. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> listeners, sometimes I will just say lies, and it's your job to know what I'm telling you. <laughs> possibly <laughs> it's, uh, it's my fault. <laughs> uh, um, sometimes I'll be telling you facts that sound crazy and uh, impossible, and they are in fact true. And other times I will say just stupid nonsense that doesn't make any sense and is in fact a lie. So, uh, good Sometimes luck. Mark <laughs> yes and me. Instead of yes, has to be like a good improv partner instead of being a good bug master. Yeah. So good luck to the (laughs) listeners in sifting out when I am lying and when I am telling you true facts. It's like that's your Socratic method. You you mix in facts with lies. So yeah, do your homework. Yeah, that's what that's what Socrates settled on. Double check everything I say because I'm such a good teacher. Yeah, Socrates got bored of asking questions. (laughs) Look it up. Wikipedia exists for a reason. Well, Wikipedia back then was the scholar who kept the records. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor, what is your question? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Taylor. Okay, so fairy fly is the smallest fly. Wasp. Fairy fly is the smallest fly. Okay. Is the biggest fly the horse fly? Because it has to be these things. Okay, two-part question. One, is horse fly the biggest fly? Second, why are the horseflies so bad right now? Because Mm. there are, I kid you not, three inch long 
horse flies just buzzing Three all inches around. Long. You're, they're you have so to be, you have to be kidding. They're right. so big. They are massive. Their eyeballs are like the size of a pencil eraser. Oh my god. They're disgusting. It's almost the size of my eyeballs. And you for every one that you kill, there's ten more. They're so gross. So wait, they're like three inches long, but they have those giant like rectangular erasers. Yeah. <laughs> you, you may actually have yeah. a barn full of the mythical Hydra, where if you... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, so I will immediately... People call them a bug. Yes. No, that, 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 but they're not great. technically one. Yeah. Um, horseflies have some of the most beautiful eyes of any animal. Um, if you go... Aww. Oh, okay, if you look up, right. horseflies yeah, as a group have really spectacular person. eyes. If you look up um, the family, the family name for that whole group, there's lots of kinds of horseflies and deer flies and things. Uh, it's Tabanidae, T-A-B-A-N-I-D-A-E. Tabanaboy. And they have really spectacular <laughs> eyes, um, like iridescent with all kinds of really uh, astonishing patterns and things. Um, they are. They are quite large. I don't know uh, if they're the largest flies. I, I feel like I've seen robber flies, which is in a different family that are that are bigger. But they horse flies. Mm. Some of the horse flies and stay away from my possessions. Um, and Midas flies <laughs> are also quite big, and they're very fat, and they're strong flyers. Like they're very robust and and muscular. And when you swat them, they're like, ah, jokes on you. I'm fine. And then they bite you again. Yeah, they're fast. Yes, they're and their so bite fast. really hurts. Um, some insects that drink blood have a mouth that's like a hypodermic needle. And so, like a mosquito, its mouth is a straw, basically. And it can stab into your skin without a lot of mechanical damage to your skin. Oh. Because um, it's very fine. Uh, horsefly's mouth is like scissors. It's two blades that... <gasps> um, listeners can't see the gesture I'm doing with my fingers. But imagine... Ooh. Imagine scissor, chop, or, chop, or you know, chop, someone chop. taking two knives and like slicing them right past each other. So they they will land and they will slash with <laughs> these two bladed mouth parts <gasps> until snip, blood pools snip. up on your skin, and then they will lick the blood up off of your skin. So that's why they are so much more painful than a mosquito bite because their mouth is slashing you with little knives. Uh, yeah, the horses are very upset. They don't no, it like hurts. it. Yeah. There's nothing worse than riding a horse. And then there's a huge horse fly right on their ass. So you have to make a choice. Do I let the horse do a big kick and jump to try to get this fly off its butt? Or do you smack, try to smack the fly? And then, I mean, if you smack the fly, you also smack the horse. And then the horse is like, what did I do? I'm not in trouble. Yeah, they get really sad when you smack flies because they (sighs) think they're getting hit because they're in trouble. Oh, goodness. But you're just trying to get the mean bug away. And they're super fast. You would say? Yeah, they're so fast. You will, like, try to smack it, and you miss a lot of the time. My horse teacher's, like, freaking, what's the master on Karate Kid? Uh, What's his name? uh, Jackie Chan? Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, Yeah, she's like Mr. Miyagi with horse flies. You can just nail them um, out of the air. Yeah, well, think about it this way. If your strategy for feeding is to cause a bite that is very painful, you have to then be fast and strong because the thing that you're biting is going to know that you're doing it and 
try to react and, and get you. Um, whereas like a mosquito, some of them even have anesthetic, so you can't feel their bite. So they're not very strong flyers. They're not very fast. And if you smack them, they're, they're very delicate. But a lot of times you won't know a mosquito is biting you until after it's gone because their bite is hard to detect. Um, but yeah, if you if your bite hurts, then you better be good at flying away because the animal you're biting will try to smack you. Well, go ahead. Um, I was gonna do this. The horsefly is like, "Hey, my bite hurts really bad." <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I was hoping Mark wouldn't hear me say um but, but he stopped no, I'm, glad to, I'm glad we got that clean I didn't know how to like make it happen smoothly no that's perfect we were all silent we got it recorded clean that could be one of our sound drops <laughs> my um, undergraduate research advisor uh, who was a professor named Bob Denno who uh was a legend in the field of insect ecology and, and he did, he did all his work, a lot of his work in the salt marsh in New Jersey. And this was my first real field experience doing science at all. Um, and with bugs. And we had a device called a, a D vac D like a D as in dog. Uh, and it was a giant vacuum and it had a, like a lawnmower engine that you would strap to your back. It was like a big leaf blower, but with the fan reversed so that it was sucking instead of blowing. Cool. And then you put a, a net bag over the end of it. And so you'd walk out into the salt marsh, which is mud. It's plants with blades that, you know, the, this grass with really stiff blades that'll slice you and the, your feet get stuck. And it's treacherous, like potholes full of water that you might fall into. And then you have this giant lawnmower engine on your back and you're two hand holding this huge tube and you're trying to suck up all the insects in this mesh bag. There's mosquitoes, there's um, gnats, there's all kinds of things. And there were deer flies, which are in the same family to Banaday as the horse flies. And they hurt really bad and they slice your skin and leave a bloody welt and they just really freaking hurt. And so I would be out there as, you know, as a college sophomore or something. And I would, you know, you're supposed to be, this is for an experiment. So you're supposed to put the tube down and hold it for like 10 seconds in a spot and suck up all the insects that are there, then move it to another spot, suck up for another 10 seconds. So that's 20 seconds. You've got to stand there not moving while these deer flies are trying to bite you. And I was like, well, what do oh you, my God. what do you do? This is torture. Like you're, you're just standing here suffering with this really painful. And, I, and so I would smack and they'd be like, no, no, you messed up. Now we got to resample that spot or whatever, because you, you, you dropped the thing so you could smack the insect. You can't do that. Um, and they were like, watch Bob. And he would go out and do it and he'd come back and uh, and I was like, how did you do it? I, you didn't move at all the whole time. And he's like, oh, you just you just suffer. And his arms would were just <laughs> rivulets. Like, you'd look at his arms, and there would just like be welts. blood trails running down his arms. His arm, like, oh, it, both of his arms, because, you, you know, it's, it's also blazing hot in the summer. And so his arms would just have, like, streaks of blood from all of the deer fly bites. And he's like, well, yeah, it just hurts. Do they it, also have the scissor mouth? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It hurts. It hurts really mm. bad. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. And it's really hard not to just give in to the urge to try to smack them off of you because it's it's painful. It's like just letting someone stab Huge you. Huge and disgusting. Yeah, but their eyes are very pretty. I, I do stand by that. Well, 
I, I forget if we talked about this with Cliff and Taylor. You you all can remind me. But horseflies, why are they so attracted to horses to the point where we name them that? Um, there are, like I was saying, there are specialist parasitoids. Um, there's there's feeding specialists in every walk of life where you you might have like a a, a famous feeding specialist is a panda bear eats bamboo. There's all tons of oh. other kinds of vegetation around. It is adapted and specializes and only eats bamboo. So that phenomenon, you can be a generalist where like a like a dog is famously they'll they'll eat garbage, they'll eat a dead animal, they'll hunt, they'll eat a carrot, they'll eat you know they'll eat whatever they can find. <laughs> So their stomachs are adapted and their behaviors are adapted to eat a, a variety of things. Other things are specialized. And so when you're specialized, you have to have the capacity to track and locate the thing you specialize on. So for there are mosquitoes that only feed on frogs, for instance. So they have to be able to detect oh. if an animal is a frog or not. And so any living thing is respiring uh, through its skin or, and through its breath. Um, and emitting all kinds of smells. Um, so uh, specialized feeders like that probably can sense the sweat smell or the, the, the this pr- particular chemical makeup of the gases that are being emitted from a horse's skin and its breath. And maybe, maybe it's farts. I don't know. Um, well, horses <clears throat> are very smelly. Mm-hmm. They sweat all the time, and their sweat smells really bad, and they also fart all the time. Mm. Um, so I can see why you uh, are, like Cliff so much. <laughs> hey, what the heck? <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're trying, to, if you're an animal that's adapted to, to feeding on horses, that that's all great because it makes them easy to track down. Um, so I would guess that horseflies and deer flies and things like that are able to track large mammals uh, by those that combination. Do they like eye boogies? Ooh, uh, this is this is another. The horse flies don't. Regular flies will just be like. I went and got one of them out of the field today, and some of them have it worse than others. But you'll go and get a horse, and its entire face is just crawling. With I flies. know that's like, the way with like a lot of farm animals. Thirty it's so thirty sad. flies. It's so gross. Um. And they just can't do anything about it. I mean, you can put yeah. a fly mask on, but sometimes a fly mask isn't really the best answer either. Because some horses don't like a fly mask, or sometimes they're like, "What am I, Jeff Goldblum?" Just for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not all horses can wear a fly Somebody mask. Somebody stop just... me! <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so. <good. laughs> Why do flies want to fly? right on horses' eyeballs and just live there. You look at this beautiful, stunning, majestic creature, you know, you're... you're Particularly eye. They have beautiful eyes. Yeah, and you're like, oh, yes, it's horse time. I get to go ride the horse. I'm so excited. You go get the horse, and it's looking at you with its sweet face, and then it just has 50 flies in its eyeballs, and it's so nasty. Um... Why do fly want the Large animals' secretions often contain traces of elements that are scarce in the diets of other things. So, it, for instance, the same way that a, a deer oh. really is attracted to a salt lick, and that's something that hunters use to get deer, because if you only eat plant leaves, 
there's not a lot of salt in those. And so to get your sodium, what's what's salt? Uh, sodium and uh, chloride, chlorine. Mm. Um, that that's a hard thing to come by if all you eat is leaves. And so to find a salt lick is like, oh wow, there's this this thing that my body is craving because I don't get enough of it. And so a, a lot of insects are attracted to the secretions of large animals. That can include tears, which are very salty. Um, that can include uh, poo poo and also pee pee. Um, so, um, mm. in the tropics, probably elsewhere, but it, it, I'm aware of it being a, a big thing in the tropics, you will find, like, if uh, on a trail through the forest where someone had a donkey or a horse or, or a cow or something, and it makes a pile of poop or a puddle of urine, you'll find all these beautiful butterflies, like dozens, if not hundreds, of butterflies. Appetite. It's called puddling, and they'll come to a puddle of urine, and they will just oh, gather around yeah. it, and they will drink from the urine to get those trace nutrients that because i mean a butterfly is drinking sugar water a butterfly you know has the it goes to the flowers and it drinks nectar sugar water is great for getting energy but it's not great for getting a lot of complex nutrients so so eyes uh large animals eyes tears are a great resource for those types of things and uh i have a personal story of not a personal story i was involved in uh describing a case that made a lot of national news in the job that i'm in now uh, which is medical diagnostics uh specializing in parasitology for humans and there was a, a woman who um was jogging near us a, uh, a ranch a horse stable or something and she felt a fly sort of smack into her face and then fly off. But in that amount of time, that fly landed on her eye. Probably it was in the area trying to get on horse's eyes, but she was there and it landed on her eye just opportunistically and deposited a parasite that was living within the fly, a small fluke, uh -oh. so a little uh, flatworm that then... Ew. I'm sorry, no. Not, not a flatworm. Uh -oh. I'm, I'm confusing two different cases. It's a, it's a, round, a, a roundworm, a nematode. And so the woman then was like, oh, that, you know, she brushed the fly away. And then a few weeks later, she felt like a moving sensation um, in between her eyelid and her eye. And she went to her oh. eye doctor and said, oh. I feel like I have worms in my eye. And he was, I think, probably skeptical, but he, but he looked and she did have quite a few very, very <laughs> small worms um, in between her eye and her eyelid. And it's a it's like a cattle and horse eye worm in the genus Thalasia. Very rarely gets in humans, but it can happen. But 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 mostly the life cycle is it, it lives in flies, and then it lives in horses' eyes, and then another fly comes to drink tears, and it picks up this worm again, and the life cycle uh, goes in in that fashion. So it got in this woman's eye by by sort of by accident. Um, but so yeah, so there is Oof. there are parasites that take advantage of that relationship between flies and the eye secretions of of large and large vertebrates what do they do just pick them out or are they trying to yeah no i mean for the, this, the the worms were alarming and and irritating but they weren't uh putting her in any great danger they they just they just mechanically they removed yeah. the the worms from out under her okay. eyelid and um there are other worms that can that can get and actually like crawl into the tissue of the eye so it has to require surgery but these Ooh. ones Great. E that's a, another thing yeah. that I but these ones the uh, these ones were were oh, living in, in the conjunctival 
area, which is which is basically if you pull your eyelid away from your eye, it's that space. So it wasn't it it wasn't burrowing into her Gross. skin or or eye tissue. It was just living in that in that spot in that gap Ugh. there. So yeah, so that's a fun thing. But I mean, it's super rare, and you know, so that's why you should wear full goggles when you run. Yeah, yeah, probably. And ride horses. Yeah. <laughs> um, or just you know, <laughs> yeah. If you get a worm in your eye, just go to your doctor and have them pull it out. Um. All right. So, Mark, we have okay. a collection of questions here. Very particular questions from a very particular group of people, I understand. This question comes from Henry, one of the coolest people in the world, I hear. Yeah, notorious Henry. Yeah. Are there bugs that live on or under the water? Yes. <laughs> Henry, there are. There are lots of bugs that live uh, under the sea. Sea bugs? Um, uh, Saltwater and freshwater. Yeah, sure. Um, well, and depending on on your operational definition of a bug, um, then you know, then you've got things like crabs and shrimps and lobsters and um, and those. But um, but even just within insects, there there are there are not a ton of them, but there are marine uh, like, for instance, the mosquitoes. Uh, the, the the juvenile stage of mosquitoes is aquatic. They they swim around in underwater. Um, and there's some of those that are adapted to live in salt water. Some of them are adapted to live in extremely, extremely salty salt water, um, like in pools where like the ocean waves will crash up and make a puddle, and then most of the puddle will evaporate, leaving behind a salt concentration. Mm. The next wave will come, evaporate, and so you keep replacing with waves, but then the evaporation causes the salt to just concentrate and concentrate because the water evaporates, the salt remains, and there are so that's a very harsh habitat that not a lot of things can survive in because it's so salty. So if you can survive in it, then you don't have to compete with a lot of things because you're the only one who can live there. Um, so there are there are mosquitoes that can live, and and other other types of insects that can live in extremely salty water. Um, but yeah, so there's there's insects that live in uh, aquatic. They live on the surface of the water. Water striders are one example. They mm-hmm. they use the surface tension of the water and they and they walk on top of the water. Um, there are back swimmers, which live kind of like a mirror image of a water strider. They live right under the surface tension of the water. And then there's things that swim. Oh wow! Swim entirely under the water. And there, um, a lot of things that start juvenile in the water, and then when they pupate or or uh, transition from from the juvenile stages to the adult stage they become terrestrial and f- can walk around or fly or fly around on land and then there's others that are aquatic the entire time wow i have a sea bug question mm. okay so when i was little and i would go to the beach with my friend she would get like you know scuffed up by the sand or whatever swimming in the ocean and then she was convinced that it was a bug biting her, and she would call. She would say, "Look, the sea lice got me." <laughs> it was. She was convinced that there's a bug called sea lice. Is that really a there's bug? Sand lice, isn't there, Mark? Isn't there? Yes, a there lice are sea lice. Sand? Yeah. For sure. There's sand. There's sand lice. There's sea lice. Now, the lice that we get as 
people, we get head lice and pubic lice. There's a, like animals. Lots oh, of animals geez, have lice. Need to censor that. Um, <laughs> it's it's scientific. It's fine. Um, but yeah. So so the the things that people call sand lice and sea lice are not strictly closely related to the lice that we refer to, the insects. But yeah, um, they were not biting your friend. Um, <laughs> But they do exist. Okay. Like that's a real that is a real thing. But that that she was yeah she would just uh, get con- some coincidental yeah. rash and then yeah, say so it was sand. Blame, blame it on the sea lions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, have, ah, I got sand crabs. I have a question about pubic lice. <laughs> All right, so like uh, eleven other, eleven bucks after dark. Other apes like gorillas. Do they have multiple species of lice? in like genital lice and rest of their body lice, or is that a human specific specialization? I don't know. It's gotta be because of the environment. Yeah. Right. I don't know, but I would not be surprised if that were true. My instinct is people's hair no longer covers their entire body in a thick coat of fur. Well, not me. So I'm we have distinct, <laughs> we, yes. Um, so we, we have distinct head hair and pubic hair and they're not connected and they could be considered to be different habitats for lice to develop in but if we still had fur over our whole bodies it might be the case that you just have one kind of louse that wanders everywhere i don't know but i know that like there's there's parasitic mites like i remember i i was just so excited by how weird and specific it was i I remember downloading a paper about a newly described nasal mite from pelicans so it's not it's not it's not just specific to pelicans it's specific to the nasal cavities of pelicans anthony Davis. so parasites can be williams i guess yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i guess um so so parasitic uh organisms like that can be absurdly specific even within their host animal they they're specific to a uh a spot or an organ or a you know a, a region on the body um so you could, you know, ear mites would be different from nasal mites would be different from somewhere else. What a wonderful topic to bridge the question from Mark's nephew to Mark's niece. From Mark's niece, Penelope. One of the coolest people in the world. I oh, one of the coolest people. Absolutely. Do bees eat cicadas? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Penelope is a, also a budding entomologist. She's very excited about... Uh, I think she just. She, really? Yes, I think believe she just started her insect collection. Um, yes, it's a very exciting time in our family. Uh, that Penny is is beginning her insect collection. But um, good luck, Penny. There comes a time in every young girl's life when she begins her insect collection. That's going to f- form her dowry. <laughs> um, there are there are insects related to bees called hornets. And, and wasps. Um, they have some of the same patterns you would think of as being on a bee, sort of the yellow and black or yellow and orange or black and orange stripes. Um, and they are called cicada killers. So they are not a bee, they're like the, like the bee that flies around and makes honey uh, and it's fuzzy. These are not fuzzy and they don't make honey. Um, they're quite big for an insect and they will capture cicadas and sting them, uh, and then use them to feed their babies. So yes, there there is a type of there's a special type of wasp called a cicada killer, um, and it lives. I know that it lives in the area where you are in the east eastern uh, coast of the U.S. So yeah, cicada killer is a real thing. 
it's not a bee, but it looks kind of like a bee. And they are big and scary looking, but they're not especially aggressive toward people. They they mostly are focused on finding cicadas, which is, occupies all their time. And that's why I'm leaving this godforsaken place. No, the cicada killers are fine. They're very nice. Moving away from the East Coast. Get away from this prejudiced bug. <laughs>